2: Welcome guys to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your head, podcast host, Tony Evans. Uh, this is the second week in our maiden month and uh, this is going to be a, a quite an epic uh, show today as, ooh, I get myself comfortable, um, as this album is one of my favourites. It might be a shock to some of the listeners um, but it's one of my favourites. Uh, I'm going to um, go more in-depth into each of the songs. I did miss two songs last week those of you that were keen of mind and uh, smart of brain, I missed two Quest for Fire and. Um, oh, see? Anyway, I missed two. And. Uh, still Life. And uh, I felt really bad about it. I was at work and I was just sort of listening to the album again and went, hang on, I didn't. And I wrote the notes for both those songs <laughs> in my notebook, made notes. But because I got really in the mo- mo- moment and I was talking about The Trooper, I think, I was keen to get to The Trooper, that I missed them. Uh, historically, people consider Questify the worst i Maiden a song ever written. I think that's really harsh. I think it's a really good song based on a movie, a French movie um, uh, in, in '83. Uh, my brother went and saw it in the movies, completely silent, I believe. Um, about cavemen's quest for fire uh, it is a pretty spectacular movie it's a very cult movie I urge you to, to watch it you might enjoy it uh, and the other one was I said still life which is about a um, uh, someone looking into the pond uh, and uh, into a river and thinks, and thinks he sees a demon and then he takes his girlfriend's life so that he can't he won't be taken by the demon it's quite dark um, but you know, Maiden has those moments anyway. The album on which I'm going to talk about today, dear um, to listeners, is oh, let me get my notes to the right spot. Okay, Russell, 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 some sips, some tea in one moment. Excuse me. This is for the AM, AMSI, not people, or ASMR people. Hang on. Oh, yeah, very nice. Um, brave new world now i know people would have expected me to pick say seventh sun or power sleep wait guys there's two or two more weeks and i'm going to do a supplementary episode on the um almost rans for my top four uh, brave new world that's my finger going uh why did i pick brave new world i think uh i pick it because it's the last great album um before the slightly dirgy albums of the early two thousands, um, you know, we'd we'd gone into the wilderness with Blaze. Sorry, Blaze. You know, if you listen to this, the albums I talked about this before, I actually like them. Now I've given them um, some credence but being a Died in a warm maiden fan from way back I was like no I'm not going to give you any listening to this and I did step out from that and that was a time honestly when Blaze came in that I was raising a young family I just got married I was emigrating to another country things you know they just got in the way of me loving the band and uh, gave me a reason to give it a break anyway uh, Brave New World released um, on the 29th of May in the year 2000 Interesting album uh, based on the book by Aldous Huxley, uh, who also wrote uh, The Doors of Perception, which is a crazy, crazy book. Um, He's a scholar of the turn in the 1950s. The artwork is um, a twofold art. The top of the album, where Eddie is, is done by Derek Briggs, and the um, bottom part, which is what digital artist Steve Stone did. It's, I think it's, again, one of the, one of the, the strongest album covers because once we turn the corner into uh, Dance of Death and A Matter of Life and Death and uh, um, Final Frontier, we sort of get lost a bit with the art. Uh, so this is a really strong art cover, I think. Um, it, it, uh, it had two lead singles off of it. Uh, Wicker Man which got to number 9 in the UK and Out of a Silent Planet which got to 20 uh, it's the first one back with Bruce Dickinson and Adrian Smith and they kept Yannick Gers on uh, uh, to keep it a six piece band, now Yannick Gers I'd seen live a couple of times when he played with Fish when he, on the Wilderness of Mirrors tour um, and Bruce is a friend of Derek, uh, Fish uh, Derek Dick and I think Derek Dick went to his fish went to his wedding, uh Bruce's wedding, and so I think you know, when they were looking for guitarists, they were like and you know, and of course um Yannick had been around the around the blocks a long time with a lot of Northern bands. So it was really good to him to get them a he's a good guitarist, even though some people say he's not plugged in when he's playing live. I think still he has a uh an energy which the band needs. So, yes, yeah, so the two singles Wicker Man and uh, out of Silent Planet I won't talk about those right now Because that's in for the second side of the episode This is more about um, Just the history of the particular record And why I chose it I got to number 39 on the States Which did not bad showing Because it was 2000 and at that time Heavy Metal was really mired down In some of that atrocious um, Sort of new metals, um, You know just and some hair metal was still lingering and it was, it was a sort of electronic and punk was new punk was playing around and it was you know it was just a, a not a great time for music really the, the um most of the songs were recorded live in fact all recorded live which is the first time they've done that it, uh, it was it was the album was sort of on the back of the ed hunter tour it was produced by Kevin Shirley, um, a absolute legend, you know, Rush, Dream Theater, to name, and even Mr. Big, to name a few. Um, and uh, it's three of the tracks from the album were leftovers from Virtual Reality, uh, sorry, Virtual Eleven, uh, Nomad, Dream of Mirrors, The Mercenary, and, and Parts of Blood Brothers. Um... The only song ever played live for well, for quite a long time um, from that album uh, actually was Dance of Death and Blood Brothers. Well, there's the only two uh, on the Dance of Death tour, so it was Blood Brothers, um, it's, which is a shame. I, I think when we t- to talk about the tracks, we're going to go in more detail in the second part. I think it's a real shame because um, th- th- this is, again, it, you know, I've said to you before, um, We've Dance of Death and uh, and A Matter of Life and Death. They suffer from that CD sound revolution where the window of sound is high. It's very loud. They have to get as much on the album as possible. This does suffer a bit from that. It's quite leggy. It's 107 minutes long, and I think the sweet spot from an album is about 40. So you know already, it's 17 minutes longer than you can put on a decent record. Of course, it wasn't released on vinyl. It was only released on, on CD. But, um, I mean, it's been reissued recently, of course. But before then, I don't, I don't believe it was released on vinyl. I could be wrong. Maiden collectors out there, don't shake your fist and gnash your teeth at me. Uh, just write in and let me know. Because I can be wrong. I didn't look into that. I just assumed it was only CDs. It was 2000. And we record collectors were um, a little bit uh, twee then. And... Um, yeah so i mean it's it got it had interesting reviews so the enemy um said it was uh, they were obsolete and living in the past which i think is really harsh unless you're jeffro Toll, of course Toll reference number one um uh, but krang called it a truly towering and majestic bombast with and titanic so glorious your face will feel the heat on its of its breath in your nostrils that is just a fantastic fantastic review wish i'd written that to be honest Uh, and in a previous life i probably did Uh, his track listing is wicker man ghost of a navigator brave brave new world blood brothers the mercenary dream of mirrors fallen angel the nomad out of a silent planet and the thin line between love and hate. Um, the only thing I will say about Silent Planet, in case I forget, it was actually uh, based on a novel by uh, on the movie Forbidden Planet, if you've ever seen that, with uh, Robbie the Robot. Brilliant movie. Um, and or the C.S. Lewis novel of the same name, published in 1938, which is a science fiction novel. I don't think C.S. Lewis wrote many science fiction novels. Um, I wouldn't call... Uh, Narnia or wind uh one uh, in the wardrobe um uh, science fiction it's has a Christian allegory with the with uh aslan you know dying and coming back and because course, there was a very Christian person so that's you know That's another podcast another story but yeah so interesting again sorry I'm very really dry more tea today um uh, again for me, Maiden, with that whole listing there, not one moment on that on this album, and to be honest, in any Maiden album, are you wondering where it's going to go. It's It almost tells you in the listing, you know you're going to get educated, you know you're going to get epic, you're going to get quality. And this album, I think is a lost album. I really think it's lost um, because I don't think people really think of it. I don't think they do amongst the Maiden fans of mine I don't think it's really mentioned or talked about And you look at the live I know you can't after 40 odd years you can't have every song live but you should have one from every era and I just think that Wicker Man and Blood Brothers which they play live now they didn't for quite some time um, you know other songs I'd love to have seen like, like The Nomad I don't know if it was played live I never saw them um, in that time frame Um, so I don't know those out there did if you saw that brilliant I really hope they did play it live it isn't we'll get to that in a minute about how fantastic that particular Russell Russell particular um, uh, track is Uh, but it's it it doesn't suffer from the CD sound it's got warm I think because it's the live recording in the studio Instead of all going off and doing bits and pieces here and there and dysfunctional and you know doing the drum track first and the bass line and then bringing in the vocals and then it's going one guitar another guitar and track that track that with keyboards triple track. I mean, it, I, you know, I, I dare say it was probably recorded on a Neve desk. It has that warmth that a Neve will give. Um, uh, those that don't know what a Neve desk is, it's they're the best recording sound desks. Ever made um, Neve's, and I'm sure that there's most of the albums that you've listened to out there that you call dear to you, probably recorded on Neve. And uh, I'd just say, yes, like uh, it's just got that really it feels like the boys are back together again. Suddenly, hey, we've all got the two of us have left, um, done our thing, got it out of our system, and brilliant live out, brilliant solo albums, both of them. And then when hey, this this I feel enthused about I'm Maiden again. Let's make some really good music, and this is one of those albums. Um, so I'm gonna sort of wrap up in a second. I'm gonna have a bit of a break, um, refresh my tea, um, and then we're gonna talk about uh, best we can, track by track, a rough estimate of how I feel about each of them, and uh, we'll we'll move on from there. And hopefully. Um, you're already when I, the break is on. You're teeing up this album, ready to listen to uh, after the show. I, I, I'd love to see that it Is I'm sure it is in Maiden's hearts one of the best albums they recorded the, of the later generation. This I call their mid-generation album, mid-period, the renaissance of Maiden, like um, Priest with there when 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 uh, Halford came back. You know that was that renaissance that power and passion again when the album that that came off the back of that and this is i think the same way anyway guys i'm going to pop down put the kettle on you do the same Um, and uh and we'll chat uh after the break and we'll see you on the b-side
0: hey i'm ryan reynolds at mid mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot
1: Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness.
2: Guys, welcome back to the B side. I've got a fresh cup of tea because you know I'm an Englishman and I drink it quite a lot. Um, and we're going to go track by track on this amazing album. So first off oh, it is the Wicker Man, the lead single of the album, named after a 1973 film, uh, uh, one of my personal favourites horror movies of all time, one of the most disturbing movies and one of the most interesting ed- endings, if you can get the full cut of it, you'll ever see it's got uh, Christopher Lee and Edward Woodward, now I've got a little joke here for you guys um, why is, why does Edward Woodward have so many D's in his name pause for thought, because if he didn't he'd be ewa woo woo <laughs> okay, ewa woo anyway, um, it's uh, based on the, uh, uh, the pagan ritual um, where they would have a they would burn an effigy of a of a wicker man, full of, and they would put live animals, sometimes human sacrifice, but mainly um, animals and crops to burn um, to bring luck and fertility. Uh, it is it's set on the uh, on a, on Jersey, I think Guernsey, one of those islands. Uh, it is the Citizen Gain of horror movies. is brilliant. I first saw it on a, in a late night. I used to watch horror movies with my father late night on a Wednesday when I was a young kid. Um, I love horror movies and uh, that came on and it, yeah, it's got Elka Summer completely naked uh, if you, not Elka Summer no, no I'll put one second, I put 12nd i do not think it's Elka Summer let me just, I again had a moment, but I wasn't expected to talk about that, it just came to me one second sorry guys, it was Britt e- Brit Eklund anyway she does a naked dance in the bedroom that will make your eyes bulge and when I was a ten year old boy that was a big thing for me there was a lot of naked dancing um, and druidic kind of things going on. And Christopher Lee is ominously brilliant in it. And, and uh, you know, Edward Woodward is quite uh, a wonderfully naive character. Anyway, I'm not selling that movie. Go and see it. Don't see the remake. It's awful. See the original movie. So, uh, I find the guitar on this album infectious, energetic. Um, and it's it just has this... Um, Amazing single on chorus, which is why it was made into a lead single. You can understand why the artwork reflects the album, reflects as I just mentioned, the burning of the Wicker Man. Um, it is, I think, Nico's best cymbal work. It's sublime. The work on his hi hats and his cymbals in this, uh, again, this is not coming from a drummer, so technically, I could I'm not going to name the cymbals, I'm just going to say hi hats. I could be wrong snares even i'm not sure it's just beautiful it's it's i mean he is the master of his art but i think this particular song really it stands out and it is a rollicking opening song opening the album on this song was just the best move i mean i would have closed it you think i would have closed it on that song no opening it bring your draw your right in and then we move to uh, ghost of a navigator of the navigator um, I couldn't work out what this was about, I'm listening to the lyrics, and I'm, I'm sure, is it based on a book, is it based on something I couldn't share, so I did some digging, and it said that it's basically a metaphor for life and death, with the ship sailing towards the um, setting sun, so the Bruce's vocal, and this is haunting, um, it's back to his old best, I think, um, the guitars flow uh, with the, behind the vocals, um, it's just epic. It, it feel the wind you you could with all, like with maiden i mean maiden is often i think more operatic and symphonic uh, and, and and detailed than anything else you close your eyes and listen to their songs it you know they're not so heavy that they take your brain and mash it against the wall and you can't think straight there's enough heavy um, elements, and soft elements, particularly on this album, this album is less gallop um, although there is some, and more um, delicate intro um, uh, than anything else, you know it's, it's balance is just sumptuously soft but yeah, Ghost of a Navigator again, wish I'd seen that live brilliant, you know uh, he, haunting I've got written down here Um for this particular song but you know again it's six seven minutes long and it's an absolute cracker we move into the titular track um brave new world uh, again as i mentioned before written um, based on the book by aldous huxley don't ask me what it, that book's about i've tried reading aldous huxley i tried read reading um doors of perception but as bill bailey once said famously uh, what he should have written down when he wrote we said, I wrote Doors of Perception what he should have written it down was, I wrote Doors of Perception 18 million times as my brains melted on acid because I think orders was a big drug user and it's quite there, it's a bit like um, it's a bit like the beat the beat poetry in the American 50s LSD uh, like Naked Lunch and stuff, it's a bit like that um the staccato guitar picking on the intro uh, that sort of sits behind the vocal line um, just I think is is, I've got to underline the word dramatic again I think that's what it is it's dramatic Um, Nico's um, is subtle and thunderous Uh, it it it, it does have a, a almost like end of maiden epic album song like your like we're going to get to, like, Nomad, like Alexander the Gate, great, like, you know, um, uh, Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner, like those songs. It has that sort of epic feel. This whole album feels epic. Uh, feels like they're really running at it fast. It almost feels like they haven't had time to stop and breathe. It's just on and on and on this goes. Um, the guitar work on it, uh, particularly, I mean... It's very difficult when you've got three guitarists to know which who's playing the solos unless you know the really intricately you can sort of tell Adrian's and you can tell um, you know uh, Nico's and so on. Um, it's and Dave's but if a lot of the solos on this do sound a bit uh, Nico like a Nico a bit uh, Yannick like um, and I think that, that I might be wrong but I think guitar intro on Brave New World might be Yannick. Again, don't shout at me if I got it wrong. Um, and then second, then we move into Blood Brothers. Blood Brothers, what a brilliant live track! You know they dedicated this live to the the Christchurch Christ survivors of the of the um, of the earthquakes. They've dedicated it to tsunami survivors. It's just been. It's one of those things they use to draw. It's their calling card for now for the Maiden Family. millions out there of Maiden supporters, the Blood Brothers Um, this is uh, it was written by Steve Smith about the death of his father it is a lyrical tour de force on Steve's part, now I know I keep saying this because I'm a Maiden fan and I'm going to wax lyrical here, but Stephen Harris God honest, if he was in any other medium, any other musical medium he'd be Touted as a genius, but because he's a East End boy, never learned to play, can't read music. You know, is in a in a unfashionable um, musical medium. Uh, I mean, un- still million, multi, multi-millionaire. Money doesn't make you. You know, doesn't particularly always make mean that you're um, seen by your peers as the best. It just means that people out there know what you are. And I just think his peers don't give him his credit. They really don't. I mean, not only has he got fingers like steel, he has a technique that no other bass player uses. He's um, a giant. He's a titan of the musical world, and I just really wish that more people out there understood that. Um, This does have some maiden gallop in it. This sort of gallop is coming. It's not quite there, but it's almost there um you can feel it on the fringes um uh, it is uh, a great crowd bonding song it's that you know blood brothers that that sort of you want you walk away from this and you've sorry i can't sing you walk away from this song you might put on pause go and get yourself a drink come back go around the house turn it off you find yourself singing along to it even though long gone once the song has finished echoed out of your of your speakers and out of your ears um you know and so it is a brilliant middle of sort of middle of the album song which sort of keeps the flow going because we move from there into the mercenary now i'm not a massive fan of this song um it's the weakest song on the album it sounds like a blaze bailey song you could it's almost feels like a blaze bailey era song almost written for his vocal um nuances um the only plus i'd say is the infection the chorus is infectious um and i like the softness of the guitar mixed with the the, the shades of bruce um sort of in in intertwined it's I'm gonna that's what I'm gonna say for it. I mean I don't know about you guys someone out there probably absolutely love it. I just think it's that it, it's that we've got 107 minutes guys let's fill it up and it feels like a little bit of padding to be fair but as I said it has pluses the chorus is quite infectious and Bruce's voice again is is that just before it became raspy just before it became a little bit overused sort of a mix of his sound of his vocal like he, that he put on to um chemical wedding and um tattooed millionaire uh, i have a guilty spe- i fucking love tattooed millionaire people hate it i think i know it's a, it's a moment in time but my god i love that album I- I queued to buy it when it came out. I was at the door of our Price Brent Cross Centre when it opened. I got it on CD, vinyl, and cassette. I was just, you know, I'm, I just love even the stupidness of you know some of the lyrics on some of the songs. But oh my God, you know the Mot the Hoople cover is just, you know, all the young dudes just makes me smile. Anyway, side note side notes. Um, then we move into Dream of Mirrors. Uh, this is an interesting song. It has um, an Arabic motif, I feel, in the music. I think it sort of lingers a little bit. It's that leading into Nomad, but it sits back. It's that, you know, I'm not sure which of the musicians in the band has this feel for Arabic or you know Mediterranean It's it's got a fabulous subtle Arabic feel to it um, the drums come in in around about 3 minutes when they come in at about 3 minutes it is I know it's again again not a drummer I think it's Nico's floor toms but it sounds like I don't know what he's done to the toms I think they've put a gate on it so it, it snares in and out it's sharp so it doesn't linger It's I think it's they've gated it and it just has that instant thud out, instant thud out. And it, and it has the it's metronomic, I mean, you expect a drummer to be metronomic, but not all drummers are as metronomic as, as Nico. And now, now I know the studio, they click things to tracks. So, but This was 2000, I don't think they were doing that as much as they are now. Probably were, but not as much. Um, and so he's, what he's doing there is what he's recording, what he... Uh, engineers are doing um, post-production possibly to get it sharp, but it's absolutely precise it's a thing of beauty Nico, you're a master and um, (laughs) lyrically I can't speak much of lyrically Uh, I'll let you listen to it and tell me what you think it means Um, I think it's about um, about reflection and subtle reflection of life but I could be wrong I'm not going to do into the lyric there I'd just like you to take a listen to that moment at three minutes in when Nico becomes a master of his art a subtle art it, I mean of what I've written here it ebbs and flows and it snaps and wh- it snakes and winds in a way that only Maiden could do they meander they, they draw around they, they move they're fluid it's not, you know, scissor metronomic guitar, 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 drum, guitar, guitar. It, it, that's the prog in them. I think the the ability to influences from everywhere. Just Dreaming Mirror's has that moment. Again, I don't. Again, I don't think it's my favourite on the album. And it's again, it rolls off of the mercenary being left over from the Blaze Bailey era. Still, so was Blood Brothers, but Blood Brothers is a gold uh, die in the wall classic. So, moving from there to Fallen Angel. Fallen Angel is really right in the middle of um, of Maiden's ballpark, isn't it? And it's about Lucifer and the eight, his uh, descending descending into from a chosen angel to to uh, Hades or Hell and to the Prince of Darkness. Um, it has the gallop. This is the album where I think the guys are gone. God, we haven't got a gallop on here no one's, there's no gallop Steve has obviously that and gone mm, I need this to bounce and it bounces from left to right and back and forth um, it has um, religious themes as I said it, it's uh, the guitars that sound like old maiden this sounds like I've pulled it straight from peace of mind straight from um, uh, from uh, um, number of the beast with a bit of polish and a little bit more maturity but it it really feels it's coming from that and i know that the band steve um and the boys particularly steve i think has this fascination with uh, the darker side of life i mean it, no, they're not satanists i mean for god's sake i mean on as i said before with the opening part of still life um didn't say it before but they the, the backwards um, speaking part on that is uh, Nico um, quoting um, a line from uh, a a comedy ripping off Idi Amin and it basically says it's I've written it down somewhere but it says something like you know don't take this seriously and and I think that's because there was a lot of you know because of number of the beast ooh, this Satanist and satanic panic and I'm sorry people listening in America, because I have a big American audience, but, you know, some of your states in America um, take things a little bit too seriously. I mean, I might lose listeners here, but when you start burning records, um, it's not far from the Nazis burning books. Uh, It really isn't. Um, You have the ability to turn off. You have the ability not to buy the record, and you have the ability to ignore it. We are human beings, and we have rational thought. Um, and it is a sad sad fact of life that this happens it's not just America guys sorry it happens in it happened in Italy it was happening in the UK up north um, it was happening um, you know through Asia and you know Russia lots of places uh, but still anyway moving away from that a brilliant song leading into a God, an amazing epic into the nomad now what can i say about this but wow okay no one can capture the feel of a place and time and a person or persons like maiden they really can't it's everything you want it's sweeping dramatic it's you feel the heat the desolation the aridness the dry throat the sand in the eyes the epicness the almost the Lawrence of Arabia, white flowing gowns and the, the hijabs and the tents and the camels uh, and the search for an oasis and and, the, and just the, the moving around to keep safe and keep, um, you, you know, no having no land and, and having no rights to any land but constantly moving. Uh, and I think that in itself is a metaphor if a maiden they have no land, they are one to everyone, they move and keep constantly moving, they don't stay in one genre and live there, they take on board, they consume, they learn, they become other things, and and I think that is a great metaphor, A for life, that we should be, but also for the music we're listening to, and for Maiden, that's why they're so wonderful, and why the day when they... Pack up bags. Sad that it will be. We will have such a wondrous back catalogue of music. Um, not one moment that I regret in my forty-eight years of life and thirty-five years of listening to Maiden. Plus thirty-five years that I regret listening to any of it. It's just wonderful. So that's what Nomad is. It's surging music. It's it's it. The the guitars. It's Arabic. That. It, it the it, it i can't describe hard to put in words but it i feel the grains of sand on my skin with the the attack of the staccato guitar um uh it, it almost feels like um victorian antiquarian discovering um a long lost tribe of nomads just sweeping across the deserts it it does have that feel of um tune uh you know um from from um from peace of mind it, it really does uh it uh it it's, it could you could make a movie out of it i'd be I'd be amazed to see a video clip for this um it's surgingly one wonder- and it's not even the end of the album it, now i i would have closed the album out with that I'd Be like hey guys I've just made us 10 million dollars. This is the best song we've ever written. Tick. I truly, and I'm gonna say out now, it's in my top favorite five, I made songs of all time. It really is. And to be honest, most of my top favorite are epics uh, because I think they do it the best. It has gallop. As I said, it has changes of time signatures. It moves from one to another. It's like the sands of the desert. It's snakes and it's fluid. It's sumptuous, I think is the right word. Um, and again, I don't know if they played it live. Um, I mean, I saw Maiden perform, I've only seen them perform Run with the Ancient Mariner once, and it was the greatest musical moment of my life. I remember they were playing, and I was head banging like mad. And Dave is one side of me, and wife Karen's on the other and the you know the the smoke's roll the fog's rolling in and it's gone to that bass solo bit you know dum 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 and i'm just getting down with it and i remember looking up and karen's looking at me quizzically because i'm not staring at the band and dave looks across at karen and i hear say don't up- interrupt him he's deep in the moment and that's well How I feel when I listen to Nomad. I get deep in the moment. They have those deep in the moment feel mo- feelings, don't they? They've got that. Oh, just. oh. Anyway, I hope that's enthused you. I hope you want to go and listen to that song now. You've got to listen and say, Tone, what, what are you talking about? But get, trust me, I'm just make me dry, just thinking about it. Let me have some more tea, one moment. Mm. But as I said, I would have closed it out there. Nope we still have two more songs we got out of the silent planet based on as said by a book by c.s lewis and by a movie from the 50s a brilliant science fiction movie that they remade with bloody what's his name from friends um joey i mean really um and they made a, a fantastic se- t- tv series uh kitschy tv series um that went on for years uh and it's quite. The movie is quite dark. The TV series, of course, is not. Uh, with Robbie the Robot, um, it has again that theme that this album seems to have. It staccato guitar, quiet openers. It doesn't jump in and smash you in the face. Bruce vocal on this, I think, is the best I've heard on the album. The machine gun drums that just drill at you. Um, you feel the space. You feel the loneliness. You feel the the void in this song the way that bruce holds the note he just holds a vocal point in this on this song uh, to the point where you think come on bruce and then he goes and it's just you know it goes from rasping um vocals to an angelic rise you know typical bruce you know very much early rob halford is very similar um, they don't make vocalists like that anymore. They just don't because they all want to just be guttural monsters. that don't have this operatic um, sense of power and drama. Uh, and it was, you know, it was a good single. Came out. The um, second single came, in, got into twenty in the charts. Brilliant artwork for it. Uh, I've got it on Picture Disc. I absolutely love it. Um, uh, it's, it is. You know, it is a, a, a single that they probably wouldn't put out now. If I think about now and I look back at the, at the track listing, what would they? What if they were to go back and think, what were they going to release as a single? Russell, Russell, Russell. Um, they probably, excuse me, they'd probably put out some like Fallen Angel, or maybe even Ghost of the Navigator, because they're brave enough to do songs like that. And then they would do. Ra- they wanted radio friendly. That made had never been radio friendly, but they wanted radio friendly. And out of the silent planet with sold, sold singles, it's a great song, I think it could go on other albums, it could easily sit on somewhere back in time and be there and not get lost, so it's again as I said before, it's this album's a brilliant mix of classics and then we get to the end a very strange song at the end, I think this song would sit better on, it sounds like it's almost should have been released much much later on the Book of Souls tour Um, this is um, the thin line between love and hate the line between love and hate sorry Um, it's it's the most rock and roll of the tracks on the album it has a frenetic chorus it's a very wordy song Um, how Bruce keeps up with the vocal without losing it now I mean I've Again, they probably never played this live because I think Bruce will struggle to keep up with it nowadays. Um, it's he doesn't take much of a breath. He's in a register that's quite high. Um, I think for that time, Bruce was struggling with high registers, uh, and in you know, and I think, and you can tell that in the, the last album actually where he struggles on uh, writing on the wall. But we, that we've mentioned that before way back in early podcasts. Um, again, Nico is just marvellous I really think Nico is a standout performer on his album Steve's bass on this uh, though uh, is bouncy it's beautifully mixed forward into the mix and I also think this is um, even though Son of a Seventh Thumb I said before was the sort of start of their prog albums this because of the Bailey years their prog got lost and this prog stuff it really it feels proggy I think Bruce's Love and Steve come together again and you've got textures and intricate solos it, you know at 5 minutes 48 um, is very bluesy um, it's very driven and it's very Bruce is also very sad and, and and laconical and at 6 minutes 32 it chases off again at a, at a high tempo and it has this call and answer guitar solo um, which is very again very proggy um, and then it comes back at seventh minutes 37 and it's faster in it, it's uh, it's really classical maiden at it. its very very best. so you can see why you would end the album on this. Um, I if I was to remix the album, I would stick this before nomad put nomad at the end because the end of um, thin line you don't sing along. You, you know, an album when it fades out, you want, It's like it going for dinner. The end of the meal, the dessert comes at the end, and when you're walking home or on the bus or in the cab, you always or leaving your friend's house, getting into the car, you always remember dessert. If it was bad or if it was good, you remember dessert. And this is not quite dessert. It's more a après v I I think that um, it the the it should be Nomad if I was thinking about it, and I'd probably cut Mercenary out of the mix. And maybe Fallen Angel, I love Fallen Angel, I said I'd probably look at that. Maybe no, I'm in harsh. I'd cut Mercenary, put it as a B side of a single or B side of a 12 inch or, or you know, special edition DVD, CD but not on the original run of the, of the album. I think it's a little bit lost, but so it thin it it thins with a great laconic sad lyric written by a band I think at their peak it's it's uh, as I said before it feels like the band's gone yay everyone's back together man let's get on the road let's make some music let's be like the old days and it has the old days feel before it got all the strange studio sounds and mixing and audio jiggery pokery of of dance of death and matter of life and death and uh, um, possibly the worst album that they produced as I think definitely I think was I'd have to say I think was um, um, you know the one with speed of light on it in you know, that that thing you know um, you know it, it just it you know final frontier it was it was all right. It just felt like they weren't making any effort, uh, and they were trying to dupe people by saying, you know, hey, it's the final frontier, it's the final one. I don't know. It was all this rumors. Anyway, that's a different story, different kettle of fish. And I'm sure people out there love that album. Me, not so much. But so, I give this album a five out of five. I would absolutely give this five out of five. Same as Peace of Mind. Uh, it doesn't let you down. Even Mercenary, you know, can bounces around a bit. So go grab yourself a copy, put it on, play it, see if you feel the same as me. You know, do me a favour, do it, with the, put the lights off, put some really good headphones on if you've got them, uh, and give this album a much needed listen. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, please do uh, jump on um, Buy Me A Coffee and help subscribe to the show and help fund this, out, this show so I can buy better equipment and pay for my subscription for Acast please go like and subscribe give me a review whether it's negative or positive keep listening and on the final note I just want to say that um, of recording as of recording yesterday was the 11th anniversary of the death of Gary Moore the world lost the greatest blues white blooms man who ever lived my absolute guitar hero um, and I would just like to say wherever you are Gary keep playing I'm sure Phil Linnet's up there playing with you I'm sure even though you didn't get on with him ginger bakers on drums up there you know I'm sure you're you're out there with your heroes and you're playing blues dirty fast classic bluegrass blues whatever you want fire alarm blues whatever blues you like you're doing it thanks for making me smile giving me a reason to try and play guitar and realizing that no, no one man should have that much talent anyway this is tony evans signing off uh, i'll see you next week on a, another maiden voyage what will it be can you guess I'd love to know if you can anyway see you next week guys bye for now